Praise God, man. I want to share something with you tonight that uh, is going to encourage your heart. So get your Bibles out. And if you would, go to the book of Proverbs chapter 4. You know, I get excited when I read my Bible because I find all kinds of things that, that, that Jesus says or the Spirit says through whatever means that I know that if I just apply it to my life, it's going to work, right? Because the Bible says, man, God's faithful. And when we're unfaithful, he's still faithful. Amen? And so I get excited. Now, I, I, you know, Dr. Brown preached uh, uh, several messages about the heart. I preached Sunday about the heart. I want to say some more things about it. And so uh, Proverbs 4.23 is a great scripture. It says, all the issues of life spring forth from the heart. Everything going on in life comes from your heart. Your heart's so important to keep. I mean, you know, in a, in a, in a physical sense, your heart's important to keep healthy. Well, so it is in a spiritual sense. Your heart is the main thing. If you can keep your heart, don't let something get in your heart. Don't let something get rooted in your heart. Don't let, let, let you know, anger or, or unforgiveness or uh, jealousy or hurts, pains, whatever, get into your heart. If you, can, if you can grow a good, healthy heart, spiritually speaking, then, you know, you're going to have, you're going to have a a great successful life. But if you've realized over the last several weeks that maybe there's something not right in your heart and that you need to get fixed, the good news is, is what I preach Sunday, that God's got an armory. He's got an armory out there that he has a weapon that can come into your heart and heal your heart. Okay? Yeah, you see, we always think about, I remember, I've, I've given this example before, but I remember when I first got saved and first uh, started coming into charismatic circles, you know, and, and, and people would lay hands on me, and people would pray for me, and they say, just receive it, brother, just receive it. And I was like, you know, what, how, you know, what do I do? How do I, how do I receive this healing or this answer, or this whatever, you know, because I was like, I was trying to physically do something to make something happen in the spiritual. And I can tell you tonight, if you've ever had that same question, if you've ever been wondering about that and, and trying to figure all that out, I can just tell you it's, it's really not complicated. We make it too complicated because we're trying to do something. And the truth of it is it's called faith. And it's called when you believe that God's word's true, you're actually at that moment, at that point, receive whatever the promise says for you. If you don't believe God's going to protect you, you don't believe God's going to heal you, you're not really sure, you're, you've got to have a physical manifestation in order for you to believe that it's true, you're not in faith. You're still in hope. You hearing me? And so the receiving of it really truly is in your heart when you're able to just take a deep breath and say, you got this, Lord. That's really receiving. You see what I'm saying? You're entering into that, that place. But a lot of times, you know, we... We want to argue with the Lord. In other words, we, you know, we, want to, we, want, we want to be healed. We want to be whole. We want to be happy, right? And uh, nobody wants to be miserable. And so we want that, but yet, you know, the Holy Spirit may prick us, may show us something, may, may say, you know, you, you've got a, some areas of unforgiveness over here, and you're like, yeah, but Lord, you don't understand. 
They're the ones that did wrong. They did me wrong. You know, they're the ones that you should be pulling fire from heaven upon them. You shouldn't be doing something for them. And we try to justify this, right? Well, that's not entering and that's not receiving anything. That's you setting yourself up as a judge, arguing with God that he's the one that's wrong and you're right. So he should do what you want him to do. Am I right? Can I have an amen? We've all been through it. We've all done it. There's not a one of us sitting here. You're a liar. If you say, oh, I've never done that. You're a liar. You have a spirit of lying in you and a spirit of deception. And you need to go to freedom prayer and get it cast out. <clears throat> because we've all done that. We've all argued with the Lord that it's something didn't happen the way we thought it should have happened. And why did he do this? And da, 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 da. But then again, you know, you know, the, it, as far as receiving goes and getting your heart right, and you could be praying for God, I, I, I need you to, 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 to heal my heart. or I, You know, I want to do this. And then, you know, God could just send the strangest event into your life. Could be a person, could be a song you heard. It could be a something that, that is just the catalyst that it took to get you to enter in to, to faith as long as you're sitting with your heart open wanting to be healed. If you're still in the argumentative stage, you're never going to get healed. All right? I mean, just there's, you don't have to feel guilty about it. You just know you have to get out of that stage and go to the next stage, which would be receiving your healing, okay? Because Jesus said he came to mend the broken hearts. He came to bind up the wounds. He came to let people out of prison. All these things he came to do. That's talking all about our heart, right? Okay. So I want to go, and y'all are going to have to kind of bear with me because I don't have any notes on this. I'm just, I'm just preaching this uh, as, as, uh, as I see it tonight. Go to the book of Esther. I've just been doing a study in the book of Esther, and I tell you, it is the greatest book. If you've never read the book of Esther, you need to read it. And uh, part of this, I just, have to, I just have to tell you because I can't go over it all, okay? But I was reading, and, and I just, I mean, to me, it's a comical book. I mean, there's serious things here, okay, that take place, but to me, it's so comical. Have you ever watched a movie? Like once in a while, my wife will entice me to watch a chick flick with her or something, you know? And some of them, I get embarrassed for the guy. Like I start feeling embarrassed. Have y'all ever seen that or ever had that experience? You know, like you're watching a movie and you feel embarrassed because the guy's such an idiot. Can y'all are with me? Here, can I have hands? Show me, wave me your hands, make sure that, okay. All right. So I don't want to watch that. I don't want to feel embarrassed watching a movie. I want to feel happy. I want to feel joy. I want to feel victory. I want to feel, rah, you know, but not that I feel embarrassed. But when I read the book of Esther, I almost get that away and start feeling embarrassed for poor Haman. Okay. Now let me just, because if you don't know this, if you've never read this before, if you've never seen the book of Esther, I have to set this, have to set the stage. Okay. So there's a few players in here. Okay. The first one is Mordecai, right? Mordecai, is the uncle of Esther, who is now the queen to the king, right? He's the uncle. Then you've got this guy, Haman. And Haman was like a prince in the king's court. Uh, he was a, a big wig. He was somebody that, you know, wanted to be important. Okay? And so, so... You know, what's funny about this is Mordecai was a Jew. Haman wasn't. And uh, 
So the story goes <clears throat> that Mordecai is at the gates and he's hearing what's going on with the people and what's going on. And he, and he, and, and, okay, I'll probably get in trouble for all this, but I got to put my glasses on and look at this and give you the deal. Uh, it's in chapter 2, verse 21, and it's, he's at the gates. It says, Mordecai sat within the king's gates and two of the king's eunuchs. Now, look at this guy's name. Big Thang and T-Resh. Okay? That just, I mean, come on. I, uh, two guys, and that happens to be their names, and he hears them. And they become furious, and they're mad at the king, and they want to kill the king, and Mordecai hears this. So Big Thing and T-Resh are going to go kill the king. So Mordecai goes. He tells who's supposed to be. They find out that these two dudes are going to go kill the king, and so then uh, the king takes care of them, right? And so that, that's one part, starts the stage here. So Mordecai, you know, he's a, he's a prominent guy. He's, he's there with... Uh, the, the, in the courts of the king and going on like this. But, you know, Haman, he wants recognition. He wants to feel good about himself. He wants preeminence. He wants to be, you know, somebody. And so when he goes down to the gates where all the elders sit and all that kind of stuff, everybody bows down to Haman except Mordecai. And he's not going to bow to anybody because he's a Jew and he's not going to bow to anybody but God. And it infuriates Haman. And Haman can't stand it. And it literally says that he goes home and he calls his wife, his family, and all of his friends and then starts basically crying to him because Mordecai won't bow down to me. Now, he's a prince in the king's court. He's got power. He's got favor. He's got everything. But he let this one little thing get in his heart. This is the point I'm trying to make tonight. He let this one thing get in his heart so much that it ends up to his total and complete demise. Right? Because you know how the story goes. Haman, he's, he's all, he says, to, crying to his family, whining around there, you know, about poor Mordecai, Mordecai, he won't bow down to me. I used to not right. So this wife says, why don't you just get, a, get an edict out and kill all the Jews? And so he said, that's a good idea. So he goes to the king, goes up to the king, says, hey, you know, I was thinking about there's a group of people out here and they don't, they don't uh, bow down and worship you. They don't do what you're, they're supposed to. And so, you know, you need to, I think we need to kill them all. And so he said, okay, that sounds good to me. So he sends them out, sends them out. He's going on. Now he's happy, right? So the king can't sleep that night. And so the king can't sleep. He gets out the records. So he says, wait a minute. This old Mordecai saved me from old big thing in T-Resh. Did I ever do anything to honor him? And so the people say, no, you didn't ever do anything to honor him. And so he says, what are we going to do? And he said, well, who, who's that outside? He said, oh, it's Haman. He's coming into the courtyard. He says, call him on here. He says, Haman, listen, what would you do for a person that, that, had, that the king wants to honor, that saved his life? What do you think he should do? And he said, oh, king, because he thinks it's him. He said, I'd put him on a horse. I'd put him on a horse that the king rode on. I'd get one of the king's robes and put on. I'd put a crown on his head. I'd have somebody, a prince or something, leading through the city, saying how great this guy is that's riding on the king's horse. And he says, that sounds just perfect. Go out there and get Mordecai. Put him on that horse and you lead him through the city. 
Now, do you see this? This is the one most hate thing he despises in his heart. And then what does he have to do? Walk through the city, hold the horse. Mordecai is great. Mordecai is great. While he's hating him in his heart. My point is, as you see, when we get things in our heart that we will not get right, you're going to end up coming around that mountain again. And man, you ain't going to be singing. I'll be singing, coming around the mountain when she comes. You ain't going to be saying that. You're going to be leading Mordecai, your enemy, down the, the, the street. It's amazing how we can let little things get in our heart and eat in our heart and be there. And if you don't get it right, it's going to keep coming back up. It's going to keep coming back up. It's going to keep coming back up. It's going to get worse. And before long, you find out you may end up being like Haman. The joyful thing is I'm telling you tonight. Listen, the joyful thing about this whole message is not that that if you're sitting there watching tonight, because I don't want to preach to these people because they're all looking at me funny. I'm talking to y'all out there. But everybody out there, if, if you've got something in your heart and right now you're being pricked because right now you're thinking about it, right now the Holy Spirit's bringing it up. Well, the good thing is, is I'm telling you, you can get healed. All you have to do is repent and say, God, I don't want that in my heart. I don't want to lead my enemies on a donkey down the middle of the road. That's all you got to do. That's the good news. The good news is Jesus Christ made a way for us to escape what happened to Haman. And when I look at this, I just, I just laugh. I'm like, oh, Haman, you're, oh, I'm embarrassed for your son. You're such an idiot. So then he, he, he leads Mordecai through the streets saying all this, and then he just goes home, cries on his wife's shoulder again. Oh, gets all the family over there, gets all the friends. I can't believe I had to lead him through the deal. And he says, well, why don't you? We're gonna, you're going to be killing Jews anyway. Go get a gallows and get it made out there. Make that gallows as tall. Man, make it a 50-foot gallow out there. We're going to I mean, hang that dude good. Right? Amen. said, good idea. Man, he needed to quit listening to them. So he goes out and he's building the gallows, right? Thinks he's going to get away with it. Thinks that killing Mordecai will heal his heart. Folks, there's nothing that can heal your heart except the touch of Jesus Christ in your life. There's nothing that can heal your heart. There's nothing that can justify it, nothing that can rectify it, nothing that can go on and take place. Listen, if it, it, you can't come up with a scenario that can heal your heart. Only, the, only Jesus can touch your heart and set you free and loose you from your bonds, loose you from those years of pain and suffering and, and, and anger and anguish. Only Jesus can do that. And the only way he can do that, if you open up the door to your heart, you repent and say, Lord, I want you to heal my heart. I want to be whole. I want to be healthy. I want to be wealthy. I want to be blessed. I want to walk in your presence, Lord. Only when you get a heart that does that are you going to find the answers to life. Otherwise, you're literally, you know how they always say putting nails in your coffin? But in this case, you're literally putting nails in the hangman's gallows for your own neck. So you know how the story goes, right? Mordecai goes and finds out that Haman's got this letter sent out all over the world to, to kill the Jews on a certain day. It's basically war on the Jews. You just go out there, you kill your Jewish neighbor, take everything he's got. There's no penalty for it. It's, it's the original like purge taking place here of trying to get rid of the Jews. And so they don't realize that Esther is a Jew. And so Mordecai tells Esther, for a time such as this, you were born. 
Now I'm going to just change pace just a second. Because, folks, I believe for a time such as this we were born. You know, I, I, I don't have to be a great prophet to know that. You know how I know that? Because you're in this time. <laughs> the Bible says in Acts 27, each and every of us were born in the time that we were and appointed to this time. And you're here, and this is it, and this is what we're faced with. So I can honestly stand up here tonight and prophesy, Yay, the say of the Lord. For a time such as this, you were called. Because you're alive and sitting in here right now. And I know I'm right on that one. Okay? And so Mordecai tells Esther, you got to go before the king and you gotta, you gotta, you gotta do something. But you know, the king, he he he's not, he doesn't like to be bothered, and he's got his staff or his rod or his water scepter that he has to hold out. And if, if you come in his court and he doesn't hold it out, well, they just kill you, you know. So Esther comes out there, he holds it out, she comes out. Esther comes up, she says, I'll, what do you want? I'll give you half the kingdom. She says, I'm just having a little party. just want to have a little party. That's all I want to do. Have a little party. I want you to come over and bring that guy Haman too to the party. So now Haman, he's all excited, man. He got invited to the queen's party. It's queen and the king and Haman. Oh, man, I'm getting back in good graces, you know? Little did he know what was about to transpire. And if you read through the story and you read through everything going on, there's, oh, there's Esther. She confronts Haman. Haman realizes, oh, my gosh, she's Jewish. I've come against the king's queen. Oh, my God, this is terrible. He falls down on her lap, begins to try to, oh, don't do anything to me. About the time the king walks in and says, hey, what are you doing with my wife? Right? And then the king looks outside and, what is all that racket going on out there? I said, oh, it's those gallows he's building out there. Well, take this dude out there and hang him on it. Haman gets hung. My point is, church, is you can't, you're never going to get away from the pain, the, the, the sickness, the whatever it is in your heart, except be healed. Otherwise, it will kill you. It'll kill you. And you say, well, but pastor, you don't understand I was done wrong. No, I totally and completely understand. We live in a fallen world. We live in a world full of curses. We live in a world full of evil people, wicked people, people that are, that are, that are just devils. I understand that. But the only way you can be healed and whole is to allow Jesus Christ to come in and touch your heart. To open your heart and repent and say, Holy Spirit, come into my life. I want to be free. No matter what in life, I want to be free. I, I, I actually, when... when reading over this and, and, and studying, I felt like I felt like the Holy Spirit was telling me this, okay? And I know this sounds pretty dramatic, but I was like seeing people grabbing hold of this word, this simple word, grabbing hold of it and saying, Lord, I don't want to go to the gallows. I want to be free. Lord, make me free. And it was just like I was seeing this stuff flying off of them, out of them, when they really, truly repented, and I just saw miracles taking place. Just everybody being healed, everybody being free, everybody just full of joy, just smiles coming on people's faces. And people like all over the world were hearing this message, and they were just like, oh, I want to be free. And it's just like, whoa, they just were. And I said, that's really how simple it is. It's really what God wants to do for each and every one of us. The only thing holding us back is us. We don't want to turn loose. We're still hanging on to that old hurtful thing thinking that we're going to have some kind of something to it to make it, you know, us get our justification. Folks, I'm tired of justification. I'm tired of, I'm tired of holding court in my life. 
Are you hearing what I'm saying? I'm tired of sitting down holding court in my life, going to the Lord, saying, Lord, you know, so-and-so, they did this and they did that, and that wasn't right, and it shouldn't be that, and that hurt my heart, and it shouldn't be like this. I just want to be healed. I just want to be whole. I just want to walk in peace. I just want to walk in his joy. I just want to, you know, I, I was reading Nehemiah the other day, great scripture, not a good one for, for Dr. Brown to preach on, where Nehemiah says, eat the fat and drink the sweet. Send a portion to those that are not. For the joy of the Lord is your strength, right? But it's not a good one when you're a doctor to be preaching on eat the fat and drink the sweet. But the point of it is, that's where we should really be, enjoying life. No matter what's going on in Washington, no matter what's going on in the craziness, no matter what's going on, in, take around, we should be enjoying life. You should be enjoying going to sleep tonight and believing you're going to have a sound sleep. You should be enjoying saying that I'm going to wake up in the morning rested and refreshed and blessed. I'm going to go out and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to you know, uh, be a blessing tomorrow. Not tomorrow's going to be a curse. That's the way we should be living as Christians. Folks, listen to me. Mm. I was thinking the other day, I was driving down the road and I just thought to myself, what if there was no radio? What if there was no internet? And you don't know all this crazy stuff going on. You're just, it's just me driving along, you know, got my friends, go home, get on the party line, call them up. Well, how's it looking over there? Oh, pigs are fat this year. Oh, boy. Pigs fat, man. I'm saying we're going to have a good bunch of chichadones later. Are y'all following me? If you just live like that and you weren't listening to all this stuff going on, but it's the devil's curse right now of just wanting to bring everything up. And if your heart's not whole and you can't stand against the onslaught of what's coming, you're going to be sick all your life. I mean, sick at your stomach, sick at your head, sick at everything, because everything's just going to, because your heart's weak. And we need to be strong-hearted, battle axis for God. And the only way we're going to do that is to throw open our doors of our heart and say, Lord, I just want to be healed. I don't care who's right, who's wrong. I don't care who did what. I don't care how it all worked out. I just want to be whole. I just want to be complete. I just want to, Lord, I just want to serve you. And when you come to that place in life and you earnestly mean it, then you're going to receive your healing. You're going to receive your healing. You're not going to end up like Haman on the gallows. Now, the cool thing about this story is, because the king had given an edict that anybody could steal and, and kill the Jews at, on that certain day, he couldn't reverse it because he'd already done it. So he came up with another way. He says, well, I'll just tell you this. i just give all the Jews the right to fight. You don't have to take it. Now listen to me. He said to him, I'm not going to, you know, I can't just send my army in there and deliver you. But you don't have to take it. And I'm telling you, church, tonight, you don't have to take it. You don't have to take the torment of the devil. You don't have to take the sadness. You don't have to take the gloom, the doom. You don't have to take it. You can fight. You've, you've been issued from heaven orders to fight to have victory in your life. Now, remember, you're not fighting flesh and blood. Talked about that Sunday. We're fighting principalities and powers, fighting strongholds within our own mind. But you don't, have, you, you don't have to sit there and take it. 
The blood of Jesus is powerful enough, and God has in his home and in his armory in heaven enough weapons and power to deliver you. So the Jews fought in the days of Esther. And you know what happened? They won. And they ended up plundering the other people and came out of the thing on top. God wants you on top. God doesn't want you on the bottom. He wants you on top. God wants you victorious. Remember, the Bible says God, he, he said, you're the head and not the tail, right? You're above and not beneath. God wants you victorious. God wants you walking in peace and joy and happiness. But only you can do it. If you're going to give the devil place, if you're going to listen to him, if you're going to keep those wounds and pains in your heart, well, I'm sorry. I, I'm really sorry. But you're going to walk in some misery. But if you're willing to throw open the doors of your heart, if you're willing to look at Proverbs 4.23 and said, Lord, all the issues of life come out of my heart. And I want my heart healed, whole. I want it healthy. You know what? Holy Ghost to do it. He'll get you there. He will get you there. Amen? I want to tell you one night, one time, years ago, I want to tell you two quick stories, and then I'm through. But how does God do it? You don't know. I mean, I can't tell you. It could be the message I preached to you tonight just zaps your heart, or it could be another event like, like myself, I had a, I real, had a real hard time. I had a, had a hurt in my heart. And I went to sleep that night, and I, this, it had been for a long time. And uh, I went to sleep that night, I dreamed a dream. And in this dream, God took me through this dream. And when I woke up that next morning, I was completely different. I felt like I'd lost 10 pounds. I mean, I woke up and just, I, I mean, I knew I was totally and completely healed by the dream he gave me at night. Changed my life. Another time when after I'd lost the ranch and I was so hurt and, and just going down the road, my heart hurt so bad. And I said to the Lord, Lord, I can't live like this. I want to be whole. I can't carry this burden around. And I remember I'm just driving down the road. And the spirit of God came in that truck and hit me, man. I began to just to weep. And as I drove down the road, going to work, boom, I was totally and completely healed. You see, folks, it just takes a willing heart and, and, and giving God that ability to move in you, because God's not going to violate your free will. And if you don't say, Lord, take this from me, I give it to you and get out of the way, he's not going to do it. He can't. He would violate your free will. So as long as you're saying, you know, uh, yeah, Lord, okay, here it is, take it. And then he starts pulling on it, but you keep clinging on to it and you get the death grip on it. And you don't really turn loose of it. He's dragging you around heaven, trying to get you turned loose. <laughs> get off! Get off! You know, that's not really throwing your heart open and letting him have it. Amen? So let's don't be a Haman. Man, let's don't be a Haman. Let's don't let those things that get in our heart take us to our demise. Amen? Amen. Well, praise God. I want to pray for you. And so I want everybody just to stand up, though. Now, hear me. I want you all to grab hold of this prayer. All of you watching, listening, and in here, just grab hold of this prayer as I pray it. Father, right now, in Jesus' name, I pray for people all over the world, everybody watching, everybody hearing this broadcast. 
I declare tonight, Lord, in Jesus' name, that God, you came to set us free. You sent Jesus Christ to the cross so that he could triumph over their death, hell, and the grave to bring us freedom. And so, Lord, I pray tonight, people that have been wounded, people that have been hurt, people that have been, uh, they know right now as I've preached this message that they hear it inside their heart that there's something not right. I just declare, Lord, right now that they open up their hearts, they give it to you. And right now, the Spirit of God begins to touch them and begins to heal them. Lord, wherever they are, whatever the situation is, no matter how great, no matter how big, no matter how much is it, 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 it encompasses in their life. I just declare right now in the name of Jesus that the healing power of God begins to touch them because, Lord, they surrender it to you. Everyone say, Lord, I surrender it to you. Say it again. Say, Lord, I surrender it to you. One more time. Say, Lord, I surrender it to you. And, Lord, as you hear that from their voices, you see their hearts. And I thank you for touching them and healing them right now in Jesus' name. I believe you for that vision of people just throwing open their arms and just, just, just reaching out towards heaven. And Lord, ever, ever hurt, every pain, ever devil, ever lie that's ever been sown in them just flies forth from them, Lord God, and they're free. They're just like, like brand new, clean, squeaky clean, happy, happy, happy Christians. Because Lord, you've set them free. So, Lord, I give you praise for it. I thank you for it. I thank you for letting them have dreams and visions and revelations, whatever it takes to get them to that place. Because, Lord, I declare they're not going to be a Haman. They're going to be victorious. And for the time such as this, we were born and we will be prepared, Lord God, to advance your kingdom on the face of this earth. So, Lord, I praise you for it and I thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Hey, God bless you.